I'll be marching along in the big parade on St. Patrick's Day. I'll be up to me neck in shamrocks as I march along the way. I'll swing that old shillelagh as I wave to each colleague. Hi, this is Beth Moon. And this is Cole Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons podcast, where we share our love of the holidays with you year-round. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about the story of Green Beer and St. Patrick's Day. And this is Randy, and I will be talking about leprechauns. We are recording this show at the very, very end of January, so some of our holiday happenings have to do with that. For instance, it's cold outside, and it's been cold outside here pretty much all month, I would say. Yep, Yep. we got snow about a month ago, and it's still there. Yep, and we've gotten snow several times since then that have kind of added on top. In fact, we had snow just on Friday. We got about another inch. Yeah, it's so pretty. pretty. Yeah, Yeah. it made it really pretty. Not too um, much of an issue for us, although I know the East Coast is getting slammed with the... um, with a blizzard uh, that we just got the inch from. So we, we didn't get it very bad here. Um, also, our Christmas stuff is finally down on the inside and the back porch. I have finally got all those Christmas trees taken down, in case you were wondering. <laughs> and the winter stuff is all up and it looks really pretty. I've got my Amazon Alexa hooked up now to winter lights instead of Christmas lights. And our Valentine stuff is about to go up because we're two weeks from tomorrow from Valentine's Day. So two weeks from tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So we'll have to put some Valentine's Day up. This is that uh, time of year when we generally keep our winter stuff up. And then for the smaller holidays, we take a few of those things down and put our uh, the small holiday things up like Valentine's Day, uh, let's see, St. Patrick's Day, Groundhog Day, all the Groundhog Day decorations we have. <laughs> we don't have, we don't have any Groundhog Day decorations. That's really sad. We don't really need sad. them. No. That's, a, that's a holiday you're lacking. I'm happy to lack that one. That's a new opportunity right there. You can start putting together a Groundhog Day village like your Christmas village. A good idea. With the groundhog in the center. Right. You could have, well, and I mean, think about it. You could have uh, Puxatani Phil memorabilia and uh, Pardon Me Pete memorabilia. (laughs) The other groundhog. Yeah. There are some others out there, too. There are some others out there as well. Who was he from? Was he, he was from Rudolph's Shiny New Year, right? I think so. Pardon yes. me, Pete. Well, I'm shaking yes. your head. What, what are we pardoning him from? Do you think? Yeah. From his bad predictions. I don't know, but he really he once pardoned badly enough to integrate it into his name, so it's got to be pretty bad. Got to be pretty bad. Yes, indeed. Something too bad that we can't talk about it here on the podcast. Groundhog Day is this coming week on February second, as it always is, and. This is when in the United States, in Pennsylvania, and then other places, but for Pennsylvania, Punxsutawney Phil is taken out of his shelter. Um, he's supposed to pop out of his hole by himself, but apparently that, that's that been gone for a long time. Yeah. So they pull him out. He prognosticates. 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 Yeah, is that prognosticates. what it is? Yeah, he prognosticates whether it's going to be a longer winter or an early spring. So I was going to ask you guys, what do you think... He will predict, and what do you think he should predict? I think he will predict more winter. What he should predict, I don't really have a preference either way. Okay. What do you think, Cole? Um, I think he's going to predict six more weeks of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be warm here, generally. 
So, uh, I predict very little change in my weather. Uh, six more weeks of sunshine, maybe? For, for Florida, where you live. Um, I'm guessing... I'm guessing that he's going to predict an early spring, but I want more winter. That was the exact prediction I was going to make. Yes. That he will predict an early spring, and I will be sad because I want more winter. Right. But don't be too sad, because he's not often right. But that was the second thing. The second thing is, how do you remember what percentage of time he's correct? Anyone guess? Sydney, you look like you know. Less than 50? Yeah, it is less than 50. Correct. Is it like, is it like thirty six percent or something like that? Yeah, really close. Thirty. I think it's between thirty six and thirty nine percent. Oh wow, that was pretty close then. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not not no, very often. Yes. So maybe... actually, it's it's better if he does predict it because <laughs> it's there's what sixty some percent yeah. that it's the opposite. So what you want him to predict. So you want him to predict the opposite of what you want. Right, so you right. want him to predict an early spring. For any of uh, any gamblers out there, it's better to bet against the spread on Punxsutawney yes. Phil. That's right. Yes, absolutely. But his name is super cute, Punxsutawney Phil. But Cole, you predicted more sun and warmth, but actually it's been pretty cold down there. Um, it's been chilly. Uh, sun's still been here. But yeah, that's true. It's been pretty... Uh, Pretty chilly now. Pretty chilly means, um, like forties so far. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. pretty chilly. For um, lows or highs? For uh, highs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I sent I sent Cole an article that I read that because it was getting down into the twenties in parts of Florida, and below a certain temperature, iguanas start to drop from trees. <laughs> Because they're so cold, yeah. they kind of go into hibernation mode and they release their hands from the trees and they start dropping. So they warn people about the dropping iguanas and not to mess with them because they're not dead. You know, you can push them off to the side of the sidewalk or whatever, but they're not dead. They'll come back to life when that sun comes out. When they warm up again. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Florida just has a lot of um, reptile life in general. So I'm sure that affects, I mean, iguanas are the ones that are falling from trees. But I've mentioned, like, we've got those little, uh, those little super fast lizards. And, yeah. of course, there's all of the the turtles. We've got a lot of snapping turtles. And, of course, there's gators and stuff like that, too. So I'm sure all of the reptile life is not going to be yep. appreciating the drop in temperature. Yep. They're all going to slow down. But since it is Florida... It's not predicted to last very long. Right. No. Yeah. Could That's quickly be gone that the next day or, or the same on. day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's a, it's a short recovery period for the uh, the frigid iguanas. Yes. Now, Cole, you normally wear shorts. Have you switched to longer pants at all? Has it gotten that cold yet? Um. Not really. If it's too cold, I just don't go outside. Ah, okay. There you go. Nice thing about working at home. Yeah, it's, I don't have much reason to go outside right now. It is getting chillier in the house, especially in... Keely and I have a has the, have the master bedroom, so in the master bathroom, it's colder with all that, like... Um, 
I don't know what you would call it, the, the like the porcelain, and we don't have carpeted floors or oh, anything, yeah. so it gets pretty chilly in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for now. You're going to have to help her remember all the small holidays for her work. She works at a library, and she does a lot of things for kids and teenagers, so with all the holidays coming up, Groundhog Day, Ides of March, you know, all the big ones. Ides of March. <laughs> she can put up little displays for them. <laughs> yeah, April Fools. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's funny. I learned the other day. There's something that people say in the library. Patrons say in the library all the time that drives her absolutely insane, and she gets so mad when I say it intentionally now, and that's pronouncing library as library. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. It it drives her crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She says that she hears people on the phone saying. Yeah, I'm at the library right now. <laughs> That's funny. And it just uh, it just boils her blood inside. What if like a two-year-old says it? Does she get That's, mad then? That's probably different. Yeah. <laughs> she will. She's. <laughs> I just made a a, a backhanding <laughs> motion right. to the uh, to the screen, but. Yeah. No, so yeah, I, that's right. I'll have to, I'll have to remind her. I'll have to ask her if the library is doing anything for uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah, there may have been a groundhog or some kind of creature in Florida. It's been a while since we did that um, as a topic, uh, yeah. but I think there was one in Florida that. So you have to, you have to let us know, Cole, if you hear in the news. Watch the news on Groundhog Day morning, February second. Mm-hmm. See if there's some local. It'll it'll be like the palm tree saw its shadow. One more year the of Florida. Dropped. <laughs> the iguana dropped. Six more weeks of winter. That would be a more accurate way to to right. determine that because that would mean it would actually be true. cold enough. Very true. But we're recording this um, at the end of January, as I said. It comes out in mid February. So uh, there's plenty of time though to prep for maybe one of your favorite holidays, um, St. Patrick's Day. Right, Sid? Yes. Yes, indeed. So, I was um, doing research on St. Patrick's Day, and we've talked about St. Patrick's Day in the past. And this podcast creates an opportunity to research questions that uh, I wouldn't normally think about. So, I was thinking about how Americans celebrated St. Patrick's Day versus Irish, how the Irish celebrate, right? In America, it's all about, like, green stuff, you know? Uh, my green beer, green food, green river in Chicago, <laughs> like just just green yeah. paraphernalia, yeah. just everything, right? So I was thinking about it. I'm like, huh, I wonder who invented the green beer for like specifically for St. Patrick's Day. So there's actually a little bit of a story behind it, which surprised me because normally I think when we think about green beer, it's like, well, okay, yeah, that's obvious, right? You put, you know, green dye in it, and, you know, you're set to go. But um, this is a little more interesting than that. So green beer on St. Patrick's Day has been around for more than a century. So it was interesting. In 1914, an Irish-American New York City coroner named Dr. Thomas Hayes Curtin unveiled his invention of a beer, the color of shamrocks, at a Bronx social club. So he made this beer to celebrate St. Patrick's Day for his club. I had to have clarity because I'm like, well, why Why is this dude 
making a beer for a club if he's a coroner. And if you don't know what a coroner is, and, and keep this in mind because uh, it's actually, um, like, well, we'll get to that in a second. But a coroner is a government or a judicial officer who is empowered to conduct or order an inquest into the manner or cause of death. Um, and to investigate or confirm the identity of an unknown person who has been found dead within the coroner's jurisdiction. Or, in other words, um, a coroner is a medical examiner who is a licensed forensic pathologist who investigates suspicious death. Yeah, so if you know true crime, coroners are mentioned all the time as well. So, But yeah, so he is a coroner in the 1914s, in 1914, who created... Uh, green beer to celebrate at his social club. So Kern's family immigrated from Co-Carlo. My apologies, I'm probably butchering this name. When he was just five years old, he was educated in New York and earned a medical degree. By the age of 22... Is, is that... Wait, yes. Did he dad. emigrate from Ireland? Uh, so he's an Irish-American. Okay. Um, by the age of 22... He was a surgeon and worked as a coroner's physician for Bronx. And this is all from Irish Central um, website. According to Philly.com, an eyewitness said that at the Green Beer's great unveiling, everything possible was green or decorated with that color, and all through the banquet, Irish songs were sung and green beer was served. No, it wasn't a green glass, but real beer in a regular colorless glass. But the amber hue was gone from the brew, and a deep green was there instead. The report came from Charles Henry Adams and his uh, syndicate New York Day-by-Day Day column filed one week after the unveiling. He wrote, all the doctor would tell inquisitive people was that the effect is brought about by one drop of wash blue and a certain quantity of beer. Without Googling, who knows what wash blue is? Oh, is it like, like brown? No. Go, go guess. They substitute, is that what they put in place of blood? Oh, that's close. That's so close. One second. Oh. I guess Noelle knows the answer. <laughs> Get my remote. She chewed one up already. Jeez. Good girl. I like how all, all your stories start out with Noelle was being good. And then it goes from there. Oh, goes downhill. <laughs> exactly. That's right. right. And then proceed with something that is very clearly objectively not good. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So remember, this guy's a coroner, right? He's a doctor. The wash blue was, in fact, poison. An iron powder solution used to whiten clothes. To whiten clothes? Yeah. So he would add one drop of, of this uh, wash blue, this poison, to a certain amount of beer to make it green. So I have a question. So it's poisonous. It's not designed as poison. It's designed as a cleaner, right? So it can be. It's a yes. So so it's poisonous to okay. humans, but it is made to be, I guess, to whiten clothes. So maybe like a bleach kind of thought process. 
Yeah, that's what that's what I was wondering. So it's not like a rat poison kind of thing. It's not designed specifically as poison. No. So when I read this, I'm like, okay, so maybe as a doctor, he figured out, okay, so although this is poisonous, is is it gonna really affect people? I didn't say that. No, it didn't say that anybody died. So one drop went into how much spear? A certain salute, a certain quantity. It didn't say. Oh. So he knows. It, it could be this much. <laughs> right. It could be, a, it could be an inch. <laughs> one drop for right. one drop. <laughs> but, I mean, imagine this unveiling, right? Imagine how many green beer was consumed at this social club. Yeah. Right? So, so um, regardless, more than a century later, green beer prevails, and this Irish-American's invention continues, but now... A few drops of green food coloring are used to give the beer an emerald hue instead of the poisonous wash blue. Unrelatedly, at the social club, early deaths <laughs> abounded. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Was he like uh, excommunicated from the social club? And he was like, oh, look at this green beer I have for all of you. You know, and what? The, the ironic thing for me was that not only was a doctor, he was a coroner. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. So, like, maybe he thought, oh, if anybody does die, they'll come to my That's office. He's drumming up like, business for himself. Natural causes. All of them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It has nothing to do with the bleach-like substance I gave him. Yep. Yeah. So, that, that was uh, fascinating. So, I did not expect that one simple question to have quite a um interesting result i expected it to be like one drunk dude decided to pour a green dye in beer and was like sweet and everybody just started dumping green beer i kind of remember yeah. when green what year was that said 100 years ago. oh let's see 1914 yeah. do you remember that so green beer what <laughs> i said you, you you were starting to say you remember that you I know, that? I know. I remember like... when uh, we had green beer at State College when yeah. we were in college. Yeah. Um, I thought, what was the name of that bar? I was like, was it Patty's Bar? And I quickly Googled it, and yeah, it was. It was Patty's Bar, which was hilarious. P-A-D-D-Y apostrophe S bar. Yeah, yeah. And they, an Irish bar. A lot of the bars there sold green beer yeah. at a relative, relatively cheap price on St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Um, I'm sure it was like the worst beer they had, right? They just put some... Put some um, what was that called, Sydney? That the doctor put in there? Wash blue. <laughs> put some wash blue in that thing and and sold it to college kids. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll recover. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I was looking at how to make it, and they generally choose like light beer. Yeah. To put the green dye in in order to like fully engage the color. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you if you use dark beer, I feel like it would get so thick that it would look like dishwasher detergent. Yeah. If you it dyed would, it yeah. green. Maybe look more olive or forest than emerald. Green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you want that emerald green, not like a forest or an right. olive. Yeah. 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 You don't want a mossy true. kind of green. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I also have a quiz, a general St. Patrick's Day quiz for y'all. Are you, um, how much do you know about St. Patrick's Day? I'm ready. He's, he's got, he's going to cheat. He, he has his phone up. Yeah, there. no, no cheating. <laughs> okay, first question. Um, okay, number one. What is said to have been St. Patrick's real name? Malewin Socket, Patty O'Leary, Patrick Walsh, and Sean Fitzpatrick. 
A. A. Maywin Socket. You are correct. Maywin Socket. As we know from VeggieTales. Exactly. Right. On what date do millions of people around the world celebrate St. Patrick's Day? March 17th, May 1st, August 17th, December 25th. A. March 17th. March 17th. March 17th. Yes. Okay. She didn't say it was a hard the quiz. First four... That's right. <laughs> well, the first four were easy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You're easing us into it? Yeah. Okay. Like, I think this is like one of the last easiest questions. Um, what symbol is often associated with Irish patrons saint? Um, shamrock. Ch- yeah, shamrock. <laughs> okay, yes. It's a shamrock. It also said castle, ring, uh, Bodharan, but it's a shamrock. Um, hold on. City's on a, on a constant standing up and getting down. Her her head. I can I can see Sydney's head on a constant swivel, looking for for trouble. Yeah, she's she's bored. Um, okay. So where does the home of St. Patrick Festival take place? Belfast, Cork City, Donningale Town, and Armagh and Down. I want to say Cork because it's the easiest to say. Armagh and Down is what I'm going to say. What was your answer, Mom? I think it's Cork too. Cole thought it was Armagh and Down. Cole is correct. Armagh and Down. So over the space of 10 days, the festival in Armand Down celebrates the achievements of the patron saint through walks, talks, plays, music, dance, and song. City took a long pause and like looked off screen for a second. Is she doing, is she doing bad things? Is she doing good things? He's just in a really ornery mood. Anyways, where in the world was St. Patrick's Day first celebrated? Now wait for the answers. Boston, Massachusetts, Dublin, Ireland, Glasgow, Scotland, Liverpool, England. I'm going to say Boston. I'm going to say Boston too. I think it's an American invention. Glasgow. Scotland? Yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. Isn't that funny? The earliest celebration of St. Patrick's Day is said to have taken place in Boston in 1737. Interestingly, the first parade in Ireland didn't occur until 1903 in County Waterford. Okay, so we all know the green... We all know the color green is... um, Celebrated and a symbol with St. Patrick's Day, but what other color has been associated with the Saint St. Patrick? Red, blue, pink, yellow. Red. Blue. Blue. That's Randy. Is it pink? So the answer is blue. Blue. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I also thought it was red, but apparently it's blue. Um you're very confident <laughs> in your red. I was. The significance of blue dates back to early Irish mythology 
and the earliest depictions of the patron saint show him wearing a black blue as it became known, which is kind of odd. Um, according to the legend, what did St. Patrick banish from Ireland? Snakes, the sport of hurling, tin whistles, and whiskey. Snakes. Who's the last one? Whiskey? Snakes. Whiskey. Yeah. He should have banned tin whistles, but I'm going to go with snakes. <laughs> the, the answer is snakes. The correct answer. Due to the... F- Due to the fact that uh, whiskey is still very, very much a thing in Ireland, uh, he either didn't banish it or did a really bad job. Came back right away. <laughs> Cindy's going to have everything in her lap. <laughs> she has to, she's picking things up off the floor that are in the, uh, I guess, mouth zone. Yeah, like a whole bag. Of, uh, of Noel. But I always thought it was interesting because there's actually uh, the legend of St. Patrick dispelling snakes from Ireland. There's actually no fossil record that snakes ever existed in Ireland. Last question so I can get to Noah um, before she takes more stuff. Um, <laughs> where are the remains of St. Patrick said to be located? Cavan Cathedral, Christ Church Cathedral, Dublin, Down Cathedral, Down Patrick, St. Anne's Cathedral, Belfast. Well, it'd be rude to put it in St. Anne's. <laughs> Why don't you put St. Patrick's in there? I'm going to go with the, the third one. What was the third one? Down Cathedral? That's what I think, too. Well, now I want to be different. What, what were the first two? Cavan Cathedral, Christ Church Cathedral, Dublin. I'll say Cavan. So the correct answer is Down Cathedral is said to be the burial place of St. Patrick, who is thought to have died at 461. Magnificent stained glass windows, box pews, and a beautiful organ case give this stunning building a sense of opulence. All right. Great job, you guys. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, Ireland is a very interesting place. It has a lot of folklore, some of which has kind of stayed over here and made an impact, like um, the folklore of um, the surrounding St. Patrick's Day, the Blarney Stone, but also folklore surrounding leprechauns as well. So uh, it's interesting how when you look at some research on Ireland, which things kind of stayed and stuck with us in the United States and kind of grew and which we, which things kind of went. But the leprechaun story is a is a story that's been around for a pretty long time. So my first question for you guys is not names of famous leprechauns. I'm going to ask you that later. But what do you know about leprechauns in general? What do you think you know about leprechauns in general? They are little men who used to wear red, now wear green, who hoard or hide gold at the end of a rainbow. And if you catch them, they have to tell you where their gold is. Oh, wait. Sydney took everything. Did she? Okay. Anybody <laughs> else have anything? Um, let me think. What is some leprechaun lore? Leprechauns, I think, are known for shining shoes, too. Okay. 
I think in the past they can be, well, like a lot of fairies and spirits, I think they can be malevolent. I think they can be kind of tricksterish and and wicked, particularly if someone steals their gold. Okay. Horror movies. Yeah, in horror, yep. Yep, there's the, the famous Leprechaun series. What the things are of leprechauns? Yeah, I kind of remember them being tricksters, too. Like, you have to ask them, you have to be very careful how you ask them for their gold and they're very clever and tricky yes all, all great great answers so let's walk through uh, some of these things that you guys mentioned and some things you didn't mention for instance you didn't mention how long have tales of these small creatures been around so any guess how long what, what century would the tales have first come about in ireland and with the celts 1700s um, I'm going to guess 4th century. 4th century? Wow, that's that's old. A lot um, of these are really old. I'll, I'll say the 14th century, the 1300s. So it was the 8th century, so Cole was actually the closest, that tales first emerged, although there may have been tales as early as that. We just don't have any record beyond the 8th century. When legends about tiny water dwellers began circulating among the Celts. So the first leprechauns were actually water dwellers. Interesting. And the stories were about them trying to pull people into the water. Their name is thought to come from the word locropon, which means small body. No surprise, since they're supposed to be, in legend, two to three feet tall. Now, I will say, I've seen them lots of different sizes when it comes to- Have you seen leprechauns? I'm telling you. (laughs) Uh, I see them all the time, and they're like all different sizes. But on TV and in movies, they vary the size greatly. <laughs> for, yeah, for like like small like in, like six inch ones, right? Right. Up to that. So. Right. But that's interesting about the water. I didn't realize that they kind of sound sound like um kappas, which is like a water dwelling spirit um, from Japan. So that's interesting that they also had like a water dwelling trickster or whatever yep yes and you know we think of them of course as imaginary but the belief in uh leprechauns was very widespread throughout ireland and lots of great stories were created about them and you mentioned that they were tricksters so they were tricksters although they had other roles in irish folklore when you look across the stories of leprechauns but being a roguish trickster who can't be trusted and will deceive whenever possible is a common trope among uh, leprechauns. Uh, one story that you may have, you may be familiar with, uh, is kind of a typical tale. So a leprechaun uh, is captured by a guy, and he he gets the leprechaun to show him the bush in the field where the leprechaun's treasure is located. So the guy doesn't have any shovel or anything with him, so he marks the tree that the leprechaun showed him with one of his red socks, basically, the garters. But, you know, basically, um, for people that don't know what a garter is, it's basically a sock. So, I think I remember yeah, this. Yeah, so he releases the, the sprite, the leprechaun, and then he goes to run and get a spade. When he gets back to the trees, just a, a few minutes later, he finds that almost all the trees in that little forest now sport the same red sock. So he has no way to tell where 
the uh, the treasure is anymore. So that's the kind of you know tricks, yep. trickster that um, that you can encounter if you capture a leprechaun. The other thing Sydney mentioned is that you know we think of leprechauns as wearing green clothes with a red beard, kind of a short uh, derby hat. But when you look at the older legends, they actually wore red and they wore a cocked hat or a tri-cornered hat. So, you know, that's kind of a big difference that changed over yeah, time. And that the belief is that when uh, St. Patrick kind of um, encouraged the color green being part of uh, the symbol of Ireland and the Christianity of Ireland, that the green clothes for the leprechauns kind of came into vogue and became stylish at that point. The other interesting thing I thought about leprechauns, and I've never seen one of these, is a female leprechaun. So there are no female leprechauns hmm. in, in any of the tales. So it's believed that perhaps leprechauns are actually the offsprings of fairies who were deemed defective children because of their shape or disposition. And they were always male. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Yes. You mentioned the pot of gold, Sydney. That's one of the um, one of the most well-known stories about leprechauns is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But there's a famous story that kind of was one of the reasons it became popularized. So and it involves a couple of poor farmers in Ireland. So when this husband and wife pulled their very last carrot out of their garden, they found a leprechaun dangling from the roots. So they captured it. The leprechaun then promised a wish, one wish, in exchange for his freedom. So the husband and wife could not decide on just a single wish. So they began wishing for everything. New tools, a house, jewelry, money, whatever it may be. And the list continued until the leprechaun interrupted them. Dismayed by their greed, the leprechaun told the couple they might have all they wished for and more if they could find his pot of gold hidden at the end of the rainbow. The leprechaun winked and left the farmers to chase the rainbows forever, looking for a fictitious fortune. So in this case, it's a cautionary tale reminding us that relying on luck, magic, and greed can be a recipe for disaster, basically. And they're wasting, you know, we can waste a lot of time chasing rainbows and looking for gold at the end of the rainbows, which I never really thought of it as a moral story before, uh, but no, I never from the that. Irish tales, that was what its intent was. That's interesting. Because a lot of times you think of it as a child's story. Right. You know, it's just a fun little... Yeah, a fun little story, right. Yeah. Right. And we talk about looking for rainbows, or looking for a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but apparently that's something we shouldn't be teaching our kids. <laughs> <laughs> or teach it differently. Yes. Um, so they actually can be generous if you're kind to them. So, you know, we think of them always being chased for the gold and being captured for their wishes and things like that. And often leprechauns seem distrustful and secretive um, as well. There's one legend that uh, exists in Irish folklore that mentioned a down-on-his-luck nobleman who offers a leprechaun a ride on his horse. In return, when the man returned to his crumbling castle, it's filled to the brim with gold. Wow. So there's, you know, they're not all bad if you're nice to them. Hmm. Yep. Now, the leprechauns, and I didn't, I don't remember this at all. Leprechauns also have a troublesome cousin, I guess more troublesome than a trickster, called a clericum. Clericon. 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 Clericon, maybe. Maybe. C-L-U-R-I-C-H-A-U-N. Who's a myth, another mythical creature 
that shares many of the characteristics with leprechauns. Um, they are always described as drunk and surly. <laughs> They're often seen in stories, riding animals at night, clearing out entire wine cellars. Wow. Yes. Some call them the night form of leprechauns, that after a hard day's work, they get a little tipsy and they go downhill from there. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny. They, they, they pretty much share all the same attributes of a leprechaun, <laughs> but they are always drunk and surly. They're the um, black sheep of the family. Yes, exactly. Yes, or they're just leprechauns. So, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Now, you guys started to mention the series, Leprechaun movie series. Uh, so, can you, amongst, and just one at a time, so it's, you're not taking everybody's, and we'll start with uh, Sydney, Cold, and Beth. Name one famous leprechaun you can think of. Sydney? And you don't have to know the name, but. Um, okay, well, in that case, I'm going to take leprechaun from the horror movies. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have a name. But do you know his, do you know his name? No. Lubden. Lubden. Lubden the leprechaun. So, um, but yeah, that leprechaun, um, it was a uh, movie series because apparently they couldn't just stop at one. And um, no. he's gone to Vegas and the hood, as Cole said, and space and in very lame ways. But yeah, and for a horror movie, it's not that much of a scary it's it's a very it's a very campy one yeah. a lot of people is he's played by warwick davis who's a great actor a lot of people really love him know him from willow uh, and he he does a very uh campy but kind of in its own way charming performance in that series There's a very very young jennifer aniston in it and uh, her first movie yeah and jim carrey oh. yep I knew about Jennifer Aniston. I didn't know. Yeah, in fact, he looks right, a bit well, like Kevin Bacon. That's what I do with the hair and stuff. It's not like, yeah. Go, go, go back and look. It's interesting. That's crazy. Cole, name a famous leprechaun. A uh, famous leprechaun. Um, I there's there's one that I'm thinking of, but I feel like it's it's the one. I don't I don't want to take it from mom if that's the one that she can think of. So, um. Okay, yeah, I I'm gonna say one, uh, so. from the leprechauns from Darby O'Gill and the Little People. King Brian. King Brian is the main leprechaun. Yeah, King Brian is the main leprechaun in Darby O'Gill, which stars Sean, a very young Sean Connery, in Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It's a very fun, who sings, kind of cute film. Some of it holds up okay. Yeah, okay. he sings. That's right. Uh, sings. Some of the effects, some of the effects are really good. Because they had to use forced perspective because yeah. they didn't have computer, uh, like, animation or anything. Yeah. Because it was 59. from 1959. Yeah. All right, Beth? Lucky Charms. That's right. Oh, me Lucky Charms. And what's his name? It's the... I don't know. Lucky. It's first from Lucky. <laughs> That's yeah, the one I was thinking of, but I was uh, like, I don't want to take that from Mom if she... Uh... Yeah, that's the only one I knew. I appreciate that, Cole. Thank you. You were gonna say the one from the the claymation, um, like the the leprechauns from Leprechauns Christmas Gold. Yeah, with the crying banshee. That was um, wasn't that from um Rankin Bass? Yeah. Rankin Bass. Yeah. Yeah. Not claymation. That was. Rankin. 
That was yeah, Animagic? That was Animagic, yeah. right. Yeah, it's stop right, motion. Yeah. Stop motion. Right. Um, yes, there are others. Yeah, go ahead, Cole. Yeah, the other one that I was thinking of is the Boston Celtics. I think that one's called yeah. Lucky, too, isn't it? Lucky the Leprechaun. Boston Celtics. I don't know if I remembered if I wrote that one down. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish have a leprechaun for a mascot. Fighting Irish. Boston that might be the one that I'm thinking of. Or No, yeah, I think Boston, Boston Celtics have a leprechaun, too, don't they? Yep. Yeah. They both do, yeah. Yeah, they both do. Yeah, so there may be some other ones out there, too, that we're just not thinking of. I, I was going to throw the Rankin Bass one because I was surprised Cole didn't pick that one um, to start with. <laughs> But he got it eventually. Yeah, he got it eventually. I like Darby O'Gill. Yeah, Darby O'Gill was good. Yes, yeah, so uh, you can... Um, I don't know if I tell the listeners to chase the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or not. I guess not. So be wary of chasing the pot of gold. I think the, the lesson is to be nice to leprechauns. Maybe that's what you should say. Maybe if you, uh, if you don't believe us, go watch the leprechaun uh, horror series. Right, right. But uh, that's... That's where I know the shoe thing because they would always toss their shoes and he'd have to stop chasing them to go shine their shoes. Yeah, I forgot to mention that in my list. They're actually known for being shoe cobblers. Yeah. Um, so they build shoes. Um, and one of the ways you can capture a leprechaun is if you're quiet in the woods in Ireland, you can listen for two things. The little tap, tap, tap of, of um, little hammers making shoes or they'll be singing some Irish song. And I'm thinking, singing the Irish song could you just lead you to an Irish pub, which wouldn't be bad. Yeah. But I don't know if it's necessarily going to end up in a, uh, in a little leprechaun. area of leprechauns. It yeah. could uh, it could lead you to the other, uh, what was it called? Not the leprechaun. The drunk leprechaun. Oh, yeah, the, the, the leprechaun. It was not an easy word to uh, say. Oh, chloricons. Chloricons. The chloricons. Chloricons. Mm. Yeah. Although, um... Another, another thing I mentioned, four-leaf clover. And I know in different uh, versions, sometimes like the four-leaf clover, clover is connected to leprechauns. Like in the horror movie, it's it's kryptonite. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there wasn't a, much of a mention when I looked at the history of leprechauns about the four-leaf clover. But there was about luck. They did talk about um, luck in the sense that you needed luck to, to get one, to get capture a leprechaun, and they would then give you wishes, which is... You know, having good luck. Um, yeah, so that was kind of interesting, too. Yeah, so lots of fun things about leprechauns. I hope that you guys have a fun St. Patrick's Day, as that's coming up shortly in the uh, weeks to come af after we've released this podcast. Our future festivities, though, are for the week of February 14th. So February 14th is obviously... Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. February 15th is Singles Awareness Day. February 16th is the February full moon, which is called the Snow Moon. February 17th is the Random Acts of Kindness Day. February 18th is National Battery Day, like a battery used for power. <laughs> February 19th, International Tug of War Day. February 20th, Cherry Pie Day. February 21st, President's Day. February 22nd, George Washington's birthday. February 23rd, curling is cool day. And this is curling like the, the game with the big block that you push on the ice. February 24th, National Tortilla Chip Day. It's a good day to get off Uncle Julio's. Yeah. February 25th, quiet day. February 26th, 
Carnival Day and February 27th, Polar Bear Day. And just a reminder to our listeners that we are now on a two-week schedule for our releases for our podcast. And if you have any questions about that, you can contact us, as always, on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, at Holiday Moons, one word. Facebook, you can search for Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And you can email us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Beth. Cole. Sydney. And Randy. Happy, happy St. Patrick's Day. Day. I'll be marching along in the big parade on St. Patrick's Day. I'll be up to me neck in shamrocks as I march along the way. I'll swing that old shillelagh as I wave to each colleen. I'll tilt me ear the better to hear the wearing of the green. Oh, the Kelly's from Killarney, the Murphy's from Kildare. The Hallahans and Callahans who came from County Clare. There'll be folks from dear old Dublin all the way to County Cork. They'll be marching in the big parade right here in old New York. Oh, the mayor will be in the big parade, strutting high and grand. And behind him will march a thousand cops who come from Ireland. Those beautiful songs of Erin, the band will play them all. We'll march along, we'll sing in the song, the harp will tear us all. Those sons and daughters of Erin, a hundred thousand strong, will be singing the songs of Ireland as they march along. Their eyes will shine with laughter, their hearts will all be gay, when the Irish all turn out to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. We'll be marching along in the big parade on St. Patrick's Day, not for all of the tea in Dublin, but I ever stay away. I'll trip the light fantastic, and how proud I'm gonna feel. The band will play, go witch it, go way, a good old Irish reel. There'll be Cooney, Mulrooney, and Mickey O'Dowd Cutting up capers and pleasing the crowd Hogan and Grogan will kick up their heels Singing and dancing the jigs and the reels The Connells, O'Donnells, and Larry O'Toole Maloney, Mahoney, and Lefty O'Doole Nibble a man as happy as they on St. Patrick's Day I'll be marching along in the big parade Twinkle in me eye We'll be proud as a thousand peacocks With our heads up in the sky I'll be there, you can bet you When the band begins to play And the Irish all turn out to celebrate St. Patrick's Day Day.